0: What a great passage we have this morning uh, as we start our series in Ephesians. Um, in the last wh- few weeks in our family, we've had a rash of birthdays. All our grandkids' birthdays seem to ca- happen in a couple of months. and It's been, gr- been great fun uh, helping our grandkids celebrate their milestones. Um, and they get so excited, even the ones who are on the other side of the planet, uh, on Zoom, that, as they tell us about... Uh, whatever they got for their birthday, or all that well, all, all that they did with their friends when they came over, or or the great cake that they had, yeah, that's one of the cakes there. And um, and often the story comes out in a stream of words that really struggles to keep up with their enthusiasm, uh, and sometimes a bit hard to work out what they're talking about. It's a little bit like this passage in Ephesians chapter one. Uh, it's a little bit like that as the apostle Paul gets really fired up about all that God's given us uh, in the gift of salvation Uh, in fact verses 3 to 14 uh, are one sentence and it has 202 words in the original he gets so excited he forgets to punctuate and it just keeps going Uh, and he's, he's like a kid with a new toy except he's not a kid with a new toy it's 25 years actually since Jesus got hold of him on the road to Damascus and turned him from uh, being a terrorist uh, into an evangelist. Turned him from being a Jesus hater uh, to a Jesus lover and, a, and somebody who couldn't shut up about Jesus. So it's a really exciting passage uh, that opens this great uh, letter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. It begins this way. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So the people he's writing to are saints. Now, these are not people who are extra holy. Uh, In the New Testament, the word saint, it's somebody who's set apart by Jesus. So that's every Christian. If you're a Christian here this morning, you're a saint uh, in Christ Jesus. Um, But you're also... Located somewhere in the world. These people are located in the ancient city of Ephesus. And so being a Christian actually is straddling, or not straddling those two things, living as Jesus' person, uh, with him at the centre of everything, in a world where it's anything but that. Where people live for themselves or whatever else. Uh, So as this letter unfolds, uh, you will see how Paul encourages them Uh, to live as Jesus' person in the world. Um, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he says. So his greeting says everything, doesn't it? What he longs for for these people uh, and for us uh, is to know God's grace and have the peace that comes from living in his grace. And and I want us to get a sense of this torrent of praise that unfolds from 3 through to 14, uh, the Grace That Changes Everything, as we try and absorb the wonder of God's grace. Um, and This whole series is under that title, The Grace That Changes Everything. Um, <clears throat> and you'll notice as we go through, there's a kind of pattern in this sentence. There are 12 blessings that he says that we have. And he talks about how we got them. So that, that, the 12 blessings are the what. what? What do these blessings look like? But he also talks about how they came to us, uh, which is, Uh, the how and he also talks about why he gives reasons why God's blessed us so I want to look at this under uh, three titles the gifts of grace the giver of grace the goals of grace okay so firstly the gifts of grace which is really about the what Uh, so the first blessing uh, is the every spiritual blessing so it's like a a covering I suppose for all that unfolds from thereafter by the way he says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that word blessed uh, is the word that we get our word eulogy from I went to a funeral yesterday and they spent a whole heap of time talking about what a great man Malcolm Dungey was he was our boss in Induserv when we first went there and he died recently and they were speaking really well of him. <laughs> they needed to. <laughs> he's a good bloke. Um, but so Paul is using this word to speak well of God and all that he's done for us uh, in Jesus. Um, so every spiritual blessing, this is an interesting uh, phrase, isn't it? Really it means that whatever spiritual blessing you and I need, uh, to live for him in this world and into, into eternity, God has given it to us. He has not withheld any blessing from us uh, that we need to love and serve him. That's fantastic, isn't it? Because I think sometimes, oh, I wish God blessed me more. And, and, uh, but, but actually, Paul's saying he's given us every spiritual blessing. The gifts that we have, uh, the gifts of serving, giving, praying, whatever gift God's given you, Um, that's a blessing from him. Now notice that it's in Christ. uh, So that the bits that tell us uh, how this came to us, uh, I've put in red, highlighted in red, or Julie has. And this has come to us in Jesus. It's come to us all because of him and for no other reason. It's also in the heavenly places. That's interesting, isn't it? What does that mean? Or in the heavenlies. Uh, This expression we're going to see occurs five times in Ephesians. And the heavenlies are where the principalities and powers uh, do their dastardly work, their, their evil work. But it's also the place where Jesus reigns supreme, where Jesus rules. So God has blessed us in that realm actually the only place we're going to need God's blessing in the end isn't it in the end as we appear before Jesus the king and the judge if we appear there as somebody blessed by God with the gift of salvation it's going to go very well so that's blessing number one every spiritual blessing blessing number two he chose us he chose us out what a great thing that is that the God of the whole universe, if you're a Christian here this morning, he chose you. I don't know if you, when you were a kid in school and you know when they were playing those games where you needed two teams, you know, and they, the two biggest kids would be the captains and then they'd pick out the teams, you know, and yeah, it and wasn't that great when you got chosen first. <laughs> it only happened to me when my best mate was the captain, but um, <laughs> it's such a great thing, isn't it, to know that. We've been chosen by God, not because we're good or smart or or we, or, or we, we, we can play really well, but he chose us in Jesus. He chose us in Jesus. And before the foundation of the world. This is no last minute gift, is it? Like the one you pick up at Kmart on Christmas Eve. No, it's not like that. God's planned this way back in eternity past, to choose us in Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? Well, it's in him, and, but it has a reason here, Paul gives, and that is to be holy and blameless. That's the purpose of him choosing us. It's interesting, isn't it? They, it tells us actually that way back in eternity past, when God was hatching this plan, he knew that we would be unholy and blameworthy, didn't he? But he set this plan in motion so that we would be holy and blameless. So we're not chosen to be on the team because we're holy and smart or whatever. We're far from it, actually. God's purpose in choosing us to be on the team is so that we can be holy and blameless. And it's before him or in his sight. Not in our sight or anyone else's sight, but in God's sight. That's blessing number two. Blessing number three, he predestined us. So not only does God choose his people in eternity, he determines that what he plans in that choice will happen. That he will bring it about. Now I know a lot of us find this uh, idea very difficult. We think, no, I chose God. Well, actually, the Bible tells us, yep, that's true, actually. When I became a Christian, I said, yep, I want to follow Jesus. But actually, what I found out was I, I, I could do that because he chose me. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. You didn't choose, choose me. I chose you, that you might go and bear fruit. Uh, so this is a, for me, I think is a really comforting idea uh, that God has worked this all out according to his good plan, and, and it's in love that he's done this. It's not some arbitrary thing. that I'm going to choose that one, I'm going to choose that one. And all. No, it says in love he predestined us. So the only thing that's motivating God in this is love. He loves us because he loves us. And the basis of his choosing and his predestining is not in us, it's in his character, in who he is not in who we are. So that's a great thing, I think. It's according to God's plan, we find out in verses 11 and 12, where he talks about predestination again. Uh, And its purpose is for the praise of his glory. So that's blessing number three. Blessing number four, adoption uh, as sons through Jesus Christ. What a great thing that is. Well, it tells us one thing, doesn't it? We don't belong in his family by virtue of us uh, rebelling against him and being separated from him. And yet, in these great blessings, he brings us into his family. Uh, I once rang up an adoption agency and asked them, uh, what do I need to do? What's the process to adopt a child? And they told me this massive, long process. And, and And they said, you've got to understand that there's not many... Not many babies available for adoption. So I said, Well, wh- what if I want to adopt somebody older? <laughs> you know what they said? I said, Why didn't you tell me that? We advertised those. Literally, that's what she said. I looked in the paper and there it was. There was, you know, I don't think they do it anymore, but they said, These kids, there are kids available for adoption, nine, ten year old, whatever. I said, did I get, you hear that right? She said, yeah, you've you got to understand that kids that are up, up for adoption as older kids, they're, they're messed up. They're, they've come from families that can't look after them. They've got a background. They're, you know, they're going to cause a fair bit of grief in your family. And I thought, how good is God? <laughs> he knows how much we're going to mess up his family and argue and fight with each other and make a mess of <laughs> the church. And he adopts us in any way. <laughs> Because he loves us so much. This is an amazing blessing, isn't it? Uh, That's blessing number four. By the way, this is through Christ again, through Jesus Christ, the red bit. And then the purpose of it, what's the purpose of it? To the praise of his glorious grace. Yep, we feel good in the family. We love being in God's family, but actually God's purpose is not just about the feel good. It's about the praise of his glorious grace. Uh, Number four, number five, grace, his grace. Uh, God's unmerited favour, that means. What a blessing that is. Without God's grace, we would not survive for one second, would we? Why? Because we keep sinning and we keep needing God's grace and God's mercy, his unmerited favour. Um, Again, it's in Christ or in the beloved, he says there. Uh, that's blessing number five. Blessing number six, redemption. Uh, this word's commonly used of buying slaves out of slavery. Uh, people who are held captive to sin and to self and to Satan. And God redeems them. He pays a price. What's the price? The price is Jesus. Uh It's through his blood, a life for a life. The Bible tells us way back in the beginning, the day you sin, you die, right? If you sin, you die. The penalty for sin is death. And the way to buy somebody out of that, take them off death row, is for someone else to say, I'll die in their place. And that's what Jesus has done. Uh, It's in him and through his blood. And it can only occur that way. His perfect life uh, for our sinful life. Uh, that's blessing number six. Blessing number seven, forgiveness. So the ongoing result of uh, being brought out and being redeemed is forgiveness. Is our sins are dealt with forever. What a marvellous blessing that is. The guilt's gone. We're free from the, from the stigma and the, and the guilt of our failure. Uh, because of this great blessing of forgiveness. God does not hold our sins against us anymore. Again, this is according to the riches of God's grace. Again, it's not because God looked at us and said, oh, he's a nice bloke, I'll forgive him. No, it's according to God's unmerited favour, which is rich. He's lavished it on us. Um, Not given it grudgingly, or in small measure, but lavished it on us. That's what's necessary to deal with our sin, isn't it? And not foolishly, but with wisdom and insight. Often when we lavish something on someone, it's easy to do this with your kids, isn't it? Give them lots of stuff. Yeah, You need this, you need that, and you need the other thing. And sometimes we can be unwise with that and ends up having a bad result uh, but God doesn't do that. He doesn't spoil his children. He does it uh, with wisdom uh, and understanding. Great wisdom and great understanding. That's number seven. Number eight um, is he's made known to us the mystery of his will. How amazing is that, that the creator and ruler and sustainer of the whole universe has let us in uh, on his plans. This is one of the massive blessings of salvation, of being God's person. And again, it's according to the purpose of his good pleasure set forth in Christ. So what is it that God has made known to us? What is his plan, his purpose? Well, it's very clear there, isn't it? To bring all things under the rule of Jesus to bring everything under the headship of Jesus. You want to know what the will of God is for you, for your life? It's what's going to help to bring everything under the lordship of Jesus. Should I marry this person or that person? Should I stay single, whatever? Should I go do this job or that job? Should I wear these socks or the other one? Well, no, you don't go there. But anyway, um, <coughs> big life decisions. What Jesus' long-term plan is that everything comes under him including your life your career your family whatever that's his plan so what's going to bring that about the best Uh, that's what God's revealed to us that's how we know his will and his plan and his purpose that's blessing number eight blessing number nine Uh, we've become inheritors of eternal life of God's kingdom God's full salvation Uh, so Being adopted into his family, we are inheritors of all that is his. Uh, Amazing blessing. Again, it's in him, in Jesus, and it's according to his will. Um, And notice here in verse 11 that God works everything according to the counsel of his will. The good, the bad, the easy, the hard. God works everything according to the counsel of his will. That's such a blessing, isn't it? Knowing that the, the really tough stuff that happens to us, and we all have things like that in our life, and we will until Jesus comes. It's all under God's good hand. It's not outside his control. He loves us, and he's working everything together uh, according to the counsel of his will. It's not some sort of out-of-control random process, but it's all under the loving oversight of God himself. And what's the purpose? So that we might be to the praise of his glory. That we might be to the praise of his glory. And friends, when we endure hardship and suffering, or when we humbly receive from God the wonderful things that we love that come into our life, and when we give glory to him, that's to the praise of his glory, isn't it? as he's glorified as we serve him in those situations. That's number nine. Number 10, uh, we heard the gospel. Do you realise what incredibly privileged people we are? Billions of people on this planet have not heard the good news of Jesus. And yet, somehow God caused you and me to be here in Australia even if you come from somewhere else, so that we had the privilege of hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Uh, It's interesting what Paul calls the gospel here, isn't it? It's the word of truth and it's the gospel of salvation. Um, We live in a place here, you're sitting here this morning in a church where we tell you the gospel week by week. You can go online and get videos, you can... You can, you can listen to podcasts. It's so freely available to us. Uh, if you've got the Bible Gateway app on your phone, you have access to 50 different translations of the Bible in English. There are people on the planet who don't even have one word in their language. If you're a Spanish speaker, there's 19 different translations on there. We have so much. We are so blessed. And the other blessing that's come with this he you've, says, you've heard the gospel but you've believed it. That's another massive blessing, blessing, isn't it? Because there are people who hear the gospel and don't believe it. But God has caused us to hear it and to believe it. He's worked in us by his Holy Spirit to see that this is the word of truth. This is the gospel of our salvation. We say, yeah, that's, that's the way. Uh, Jesus has died for me. They're wonderful blessings. And again, it's all in Him uh, we see there. Uh, that blessing number 11. Uh, and the next one is we are marked or sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So not only has God chosen us, predestined us, adopted us, shown His grace, redeemed us, forgiven us, shown us His will, caused us to hear and believe the gospel, He has given us a down payment, a guarantee. Uh, that we are God's person, and that is the Holy Spirit. It says there that we were sealed or marked with the Holy Spirit. This is a concept that's come up before in the Bible. Uh, you remember back in Genesis 4, the first murder in history, that Cain killed his brother Abel, and God but, put a mark on Cain. And I think when we think, oh, he's a marked man, they're going to get him. No, the reason God put a mark on Cain, he tells us in, in in Genesis 4, is that lest any who found him should attack him. Not just, it doesn't say kill him, but attack him even. So this is a mark of God's protection. So having a Holy Spirit, which we get when we turn to Christ, is a mark that God is going to protect us, but it's also described there as a, a guarantee or a, a, a down payment. Um, it's an interesting concept. It actually appears in modern Greek, uh, and it's the word for an um, engagement ring, which is interesting, isn't it? Arabon. Uh, so it's the promise of the wedding to come in that case. But actually it's a little bit different to that because it's actually like a down payment on a house uh, because it becomes part of the total payment of the, all the blessings that God uh, gives us uh, in eternity. And again, it's to the praise of his in him and it's to the praise of his glory. So that's the 12 blessings. Um, what an amazing array of Uh, what God's poured out on us as you'll see on the next slide Um, and let me encourage us all this morning to count them, to examine them uh, to admire them, to give thanks to God for them regularly Now you might be sitting there thinking well it's all very well to say all that stuff Sam you know but I don't feel that blessed this morning, I'm going through some really difficult stuff and I'm feeling some overwhelming pain and I hope this morning you've seen, yeah, okay, you, you, you do have pain. You, you, you are in a tough situation. And yet, God has poured out so much blessing on you. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he's writing this, he's in a prison. He's chained to a Roman guard. And I reckon if I was in his position and I was writing a letter to these people, who he's really good friends of his, actually, spent a long time in Ephesus. I reckon I'd say, you yeah, look, just pray for me. I'm, you know, I'm suffering in this jail. The food's lousy and the, the, the guard's a bit of a pest. And no, how does he start? He just pours out this massive torrent of praise. And so I think he's encouraging us, yeah, whatever circumstances we're in, there's so much uh, that we can be thankful for. So that's the what? The gifts of grace. Secondly, and very quickly, the giver of grace I hope you noticed on the way through that it's all in him or in his blood, in the beloved and so on. Uh, 15 times in this passage, Jesus is mentioned. That's pretty good for 14 verses, isn't it? Um, 11 times the phrase in him or in Christ or in the beloved uh, is used. That's a word cloud of those words. <coughs> it's in Jesus that God has chosen to bring all these blessings to us. He's the centre of it all. And without him, uh, we are nothing and we have nothing. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. And this is why we want to keep Jesus at the centre in our church. And that's why Devin wants to do it if, if you put him in as pastor. Because it's so important, isn't it? If he's the centre of everything, he's the one who's through whom we have received all these blessings Uh, we must never stop pointing people to him so if you're telling other people about your life story as a believer talk about jesus because it's through him that we've received uh, all these things Um, there's nothing more important than to know jesus and to be in him and i want to say this morning if if you have not yet come to jesus Uh, now's a great time to do it there's nothing more important than you know him and it's very simple you just come to Jesus and say Jesus I'm so sorry I've ignored you I'm so sorry I've done things against your will please forgive me and please include me in your people and Jesus promises he will do that if you repent of your sins and trust in him So that's the giver of grace, Jesus. And finally, the goal of grace. Why has God done all this? When you pile up all those clauses that you saw there in the green colour, it's pretty clear why God has done all this, why he's blessed us so much. Um, By the way, he's done it through the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, You can see two main themes coming out there. Firstly, our godliness. That's why he's done it, so that we can be holy and blameless as we are before God in Christ. But he wants that to be the reality uh, in our lives, uh, be- becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus, the one who has brought us all these blessings. And what a blessing is that it is that this is now a possibility through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's a privilege, isn't it, to work with him and with each other help each other uh, to become more holy and more blameless more godly and the next bit of course is God's glory over and over again he says to the praise of his glorious grace the praise of his glorious grace something we have to ask ourselves are we praising God's glorious grace not just in words but with our lives do our lives, are our lives laced with grace? And do they point people uh, to the fact that dear, we're not angry people anymore. We're forgiven. We are people who have received the blessings of God undeserved. And we can live out our lives in the light of that, uh, in the light of his forgiveness uh, for us. So as we live graciously and tell other people about Jesus, uh, God's glorious grace is praised. Alistair Begg um, talks about the relationship between grace and obedience. She says the grace of God does not relieve me of the responsibility to be obedient. Because some people think that if God's going to be gracious and forgive all your sins, you can do whatever you like. No, <laughs> If we really understand this and what God's been saying here this morning. The second bit of that sentence. The grace of God makes possible my obedience by the knowledge of our forgiveness uh, by knowing that we're redeemed and by the power of the Spirit, uh, we can obey and become more and more like Jesus. This passage uh, in verse 3 began with blessed or speak well and live well. Speak well of God's blessings. Um, I think as believers we need to speak of God's grace and we need to live it out. Uh, one of the people I catch up with regularly, every time I say to him, How's this going or How's that going? He says, uh, His sentence always ends with, By God's grace. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's always pointing me to God's grace. Um, and let's live out our lives in thankfulness to God's grace. I was meeting up with another person this week, and uh, he, he told me that morning he'd gone for a Thanksgiving walk. And as he was walking, getting, getting himself a bit fit, he so said, "I just went through my whole life and thank God for my godly parents, thank God for the people who had told me the gospel." It just went on and on as I kept walking. That's a wonderful thing to do, isn't it? And yeah, instead of talking on your phone, talk to God and tell him how good he is, and, and, and give thanks for his grace. Um, <coughs> so, as we finish, um, let's. Uh, pray for ourselves and for each other uh, that we'll want more and more to tell people about Jesus uh, and what he's done for us uh, in these great blessings we've talked about this morning so let's take time to do that you might want to do that individually uh, and then I'll lead us in prayer Great God we thank you so much for your incredible generosity uh, that you have given us so much in the Lord Jesus and Lord help us to regularly count our blessings and to give thanks to you for what you have done for us and Lord help us to speak well of you and what you have done for us uh, as we live in this world and Lord help our lives to be a reflection of how generous you've been towards us And we pray that as we do that more and more, Lord, you'll make us uh, more holy, more blameless, and help us to uh, live for the praise of your glory, that those around us will see how gracious you are and want to know you. And we pray this for your sake. Amen.